Welcome to the Mom's On Call podcast, where we are going to give you something that you can use right now in the first five minutes. What do you have today, Jennifer? Well, this is one of my favorites. Do you want to know a strange thing all good parents have in common? I really, really want to know. <laughs> They're constantly wondering if they're good parents. Here's <laughs> something that's just like, this is what good parents do. That's right, because parent, bad parents really don't care, right? Right. I mean, if you're one of the millions of parents that ever wonders if you're doing a good job, because this is so hard and we see all these pictures of everybody and all the great clothes and the perfect moments and nobody's thrown up on your white couch. How what? are you having this picture on a white I couch? I am constantly comparing what my house looks like to <laughs> somebody else's house. Yes. Just own that mess and don't expect that you're going to get this. All the good parent feels. If you have a toddler, they're not giving you all those feels all day long, but somebody needs to. So Laura and I are here and we're going to do it. And we're telling you that if you wonder if you are a good parent, that is a telltale sign that you are, in fact, a very good parent. And you've got this. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. This is so exciting. Anna Hall of Athens, Georgia was the winner of the Moms on Call launch giveaway. So congratulations, Anna. You are getting over $1,500 worth of prizes for Moms on Call and from the friends of Moms on Call. There is so much great stuff in there. Keep listening for more giveaways. So Jennifer, today we are talking all about dads. Dads. Dads, they're so fun. Dads bring the fun. Oh my goodness. At a pediatrician's office, how many times has a dad walked into the door with their kids and said, "Uh, I'd like the biggest shot you've got. Do you have a really long one? Put it away, Dad. Put that humor away for just a minute. Just a minute. And yeah, they do. They bring the fun. And, you know, this time of year is always fun to start just to recognize and know that dads really are valuable. They bring a perspective to this whole parenting thing that's just different than and a wonderful. Mom, right? It's wonderful and, and funny. And right off the bat, we get that the, that the term fathers can look so different from household to household. So oh, yeah. we want to recognize that your house may have father figures that that look differently than than that traditional term that we talk about um, fathers. But we're maybe uh, absent altogether. And in that case, you will still have everything that you need to raise a healthy and happy child. Yes. So, yeah. And we always want to recognize that. So you'll often yeah. find as you listen to our podcast that we really do want to recognize that not everybody, you know, every, not everybody's house looks exactly like my house or Jennifer's house. <laughs> and, you know, that those do look different. And sometimes, you know, even if you don't have a father figure in the home, or maybe you didn't have a father figure, if you look, you may find 
that father figure um, that speaks into your kids and speaks into you. And, um, and so we, you know, we recognize that. So now that we got cut, got that kind of out the way, we want to talk about dads and dads are not idiots. Ah, that's the whole chapter. We entitled a chapter in our book called dads are not idiots because they do things a little bit differently. They're, they're, they're risk takers. We'll say that, oh my gosh. Right. They're the ones who are going to throw that baby up in the air and catch them and, you know, say it's fine. Just let and them wrestle. Go. They will wrestle and, and roll around on the floor and, and, you know, how oftentimes we're like, well, oh, wait, yeah, wait, whoa, oh, whoa, uh, uh, oh, wait, oh, no, right. They balance it. There's, well, and sometimes it's a dad. Sometimes there's just different personalities. That's true. So yeah. you never know which one's going to be which, but we as moms, let us just say, we know that dads are not idiots. They have the greatest sense of not only adventure, but you know, they're, oh, they're not so worried about things, but they are fixers and they do very much like to solve the problems. And I would say the, <laughs> the hardest, one of the hardest kids when we're doing, you know, sleep training, partnering with families and what have you is a situation where I have a mom and dad with a master on main and a daughter upstairs oh. in her bedroom. Oh, those right? dads, the, that daddy heart, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real. You were talking about, you know, the differences. So we were at trivia last night, and one of the questions was, and you probably know the answer. But I did. I love to know the answer. <laughs> one of the questions was, how many words does a African parrot know in their vocabulary, the ability to know in their vocabulary. And what a friend was like, well, is it male or female? (laughs) (laughs) Because if it's female, it's like a hundred thousand plus words. If it's male, we're probably talking about 10. (laughs) My whole male household says, mom, you know, you have more words than we have, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's clear. clear. I mean, we laugh too hard. And in fact, to turn in our answer, we put male or female in a question mark. We (laughs) went with, you know, I think it ended up being a thousand words. They had the ability to, to know about a thousand words, um, which is just incredible. And then get it done with it. Well, and that brings up something else that I love about dads is especially like in that toddler stage, they say what they mean and they mean what they say and they're, you know, kind of to the point. And so we really mimic that. Toddlers love that kind of communication. Direct. Simple and to the point. What is it that's happening and what am I supposed to do about it? And you just see that so many dads embody that. Many moms these days also embody that. So it's not specific to dads, but... You just see it and you know, they're quick and simple. Like, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's let's move on and get get to the next thing. And um, one of the things talking about dads, um, I loved. So uh, my husband, who, you know, I believe is just the best dad in the whole wide world to these five kids. But he always did fantabulous Friday. He is a fun dad. Let's just say that. He is. He is so fun. And he's yeah. the most gentle and tender uh, human being alive. And uh, and so he would take these kids because, you know, he was gone a lot in the mm-hmm. early years. He traveled a ton. And here I was trying to 
take call 90 hours a week. I was, you know, <laughs> we were running a company. We were right. doing consults and helping other families. And we had these five kids. And so he would come on Friday nights and he would take those kids to, it could have been something as simple as Best Buy to play all the new mm-hmm. video games that had come out or, you know, walk around the Walmart. I mean, it was just, they could do anything and they were just happy to be with him. And of course he made it fun. And, but it was awesome for me as a mom yeah. because I was able to step back and take an hour or two to, to just kind of re- recharge a little bit. And, and it allowed me that to do. And, and I tell you, I looked forward to that fantabulous Friday mm-hmm. every week. Every week. Well, awesome. And if you're a dad out there listening, I would just like to encourage you, tell your wife that she is a good mom. We don't hear that enough. And hearing that from the person that we are partnering with to do this. So, you know, just like say it, like you are doing a great job. You're a good mom. Yeah, that's so huge. And parents and and dads have the ability to speak that. And it's the sweetest thing in the whole wide world. And a story from a client. So I had a dad who was deployed, serving Mm. our country. Yeah. Deployed. The mom reached out to me and and wanted a consult. She was alone uh, in Hawaii alone. And the baby was, I want to say, like right around 29 weeks. So it was a very premature baby. And so you mean 29 weeks gestation. So the baby came super early. Came super, super early. And so she was she knew she was bringing this baby home uh, in a week or so and had heard about us. And so we did a virtual consult um, with her. And and we just talked almost every day, it seemed like, and just really kind of built this relationship over those first, you know, 12 to 16 weeks that she had this baby home. So we had come in from, it was several months later, we came home from a swim meet and there was a a box, you know, on on the counter that had come in in the mail. And so my daughter's opening it up and she pulls out this flag that is perfectly folded. And she starts to unravel the flag. I'm like, no, no, do not unfold the flag. And, And so we take out this note and there was this beautiful handwritten note from the dad. Mm-hmm. And he had said, you know, thank you so much for stepping into that gap while I was not able to mm-hmm. step into that gap. And you think, oh, my gosh, I'm, I, I just I just did what we do, you know. Right. And I think that was really one of the very first times this was years ago. And mm-hmm. it was really one of the very first times that you're like, oh, wait. You know, we are sometimes stepping into those gaps and, um, and so make no mistake about it. That dad took the needs and the worries of his family with him. Dads take that every day to work. They take that every day when they have to go on the road and they've taken it into other countries when they're serving our country. So dads carry that. And when they know there's somebody there coming alongside and helping, like they're, they're fixers. They want to be able to fix it. And, you know, so they do. Thank you. Thank you for carrying those burdens, dads, with you everywhere that you go. And that was the most extraordinary and beautiful gesture of a relationship built out of necessity. 
Yeah, necessity. And that's exactly what it was. And he was like, you know, I took this flag with me and he listed all these countries that the flag was. And he said, I can't think of a better place for this flag to go than the place that stood in the gap as I was gone. And um, and so, you know, dads are just they're so tender and so fun. And so, you know, it's capable. Yeah, capable. And I think sometimes we as moms. Forget that. I think sometimes we just barrel through and we just got to do what we have to do to get through the day. And and we almost just it's it's easier, I think, sometimes, you know. And so I want to encourage our moms out there to to step back a little bit. Let these Mm -hmm. dads have fun. Let these dads do what they're perfectly capable of doing. We often say that about our toddlers. You know, let them do get out of their way. And, you know, let them uh, have some of the <laughs> in their way. Yes. Well, I remember Tim coming home. Yeah. Tim coming home from work when I had three toddlers and all you're doing is trying to keep everybody alive. And that means that you've got to run this show. You've got to do this and get this person to do all day long. You are getting tiny humans to do stuff they don't want to do. And then when this man <laughs> enters into this situation, I start bossing him around too. Like, I'm so glad you're here. Now, here's what you need to do. Boop, 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 boop. And he's like, honey, wow. Like, can I unwind for just a second? I'm like, "Mm, no, this train is rolling. And then I had to like step back and be like, well, that's probably not the best way to have my first interaction with my husband. That was a a realization, wasn't it? And it's not like we weren't both working. I was working from home, you know, had the kids. We had such an incredible ability to, you know, balance. Well, if there is such a thing, yeah, to figure out what time goes to what, but it was flexible. And, um, and yeah, so it was honoring to him to allow him to kind of take charge sometimes and, you know, just to be a part of the decision-making instead of like just shouting orders at him every time. But man, that's, that's tough because we are in that mindset. I think I know I am. I know it. I'm going to own it. Yes. I am a type A control kind of person. Um, And, you know, but I do, I had to, I had to really kind of recognize that and almost forcibly step back a little bit and let him do Fantabulous Friday. And then tell him he's doing a good job. So we talked about dad saying, mom, you're a good mom. Like we need to hear, we do not hear that. We don't necessarily get that from, you know, the people that are closest to us. So it means something. But for dads too, like you're a good dad. Thank you for doing it your way. Like it's so important. All right. I want to read something. I'm going to switch over here because um, my dad is incredible. He is so brilliant and he wrote me um, a poem. So if we're going to talk about dads, I'm going to try and get through this without tearing up here, but I don't know. You'll, I've probably cried 10 times in my life. This might be time 11. Um, When I graduated from college, my dad wrote me a poem. So I'm going to read that to you. Um, Walk with softness, youngest daughter. My lips try to say little one, but no more. The path that seems fresh to your feet carries you high into the mountains of your imagination. Magically, it has been traveled before by a people whose feet left no marks on this earth, whose teachings and memories remain behind. Their destiny now mingles with your own and that of your people. Search out and learn these truths, for you are the sum of those who went before and the guide for those yet to arrive. 
So that is the power of a dad's voice, even in the heart of a daughter. Oh, and that is so true. And, you know, so we said we would always. (laughs) I'm trying to get through it. All right. Say something funny. Let's let's move on. You know, but I I lost my dad um, 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and he was my hero, you know, and not perfect. By any means, Um, you know, my mom and dad divorced when I was very young. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of that kid who saw my dad once or twice a year, you know. Um, But he was an incredible man. He was a hard worker. He loved big with the people that were around him. Um, And as as I got older, of course, and he was old, we definitely reconnected in ways that was just magical and and really... (laughs) Uh, took the place of some of those things that always felt like I, I missed out on. And my dad's words of wisdom, one, he always spoke to people by their name. So if they had a name tag on, whether it was the cashier or the waitress or, you know, whoever it was, he always addressed people mm. by their name. Uh, and he made people feel as if they were the most important person in the room. Uh, and I the- remember him, and he did that very, very well. He had a commanding but gentle presence that's hard to describe, but that yeah. is how it made you feel. And and the other thing that he always tried to, to make sure of when he wasn't trying to make us eat food that we didn't want. <laughs> um, but the other thing that he always tried, instilled was leave things better than you found them. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of where it is, where you're going, whether you're, you know, at a park or whether or not you're at a, a rental home or, you know, to always leave things better than than you found them. And and we try to do that. I've tried to pass that down to my kids, even though they you know, we lost him 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they didn't they didn't get to really spend that time with him. Um, but I try to instill some of those little nuggets. And, you know, so I want to encourage our moms and dads uh, out there right now to maybe think back to your father or your father figure, whatever that might have looked at like, um, and think about maybe some of those things, whether it's a poem that that was written uh, by a dad or, you know, just some little lessons, those life lessons, those little tidbits that get handed down. I think it's so important that we kind of recognize and call those out. And and I, do, I would be amiss to say that, you know, if we didn't talk about families that maybe there may be single moms that don't mm-hmm. have those fathers yeah. or we may have dads who are trying to do the load of both mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And, we have some know, single dads. Yes. That's a heavy, heavy load yeah. to carry. And so I want to encourage both of, of those instances to seek out the people uh, in your neighborhood and in your community. Yeah. Well, and you don't have to be somebody different than you are. So one of the things about Tim, so Laura's husband's name is Jim. My husband's name is Tim. So Tim Walker, um, just, I'm going to give you some backstory. So as I've said before, neither of us are athletic and apparently it skips a generation because our kids were like wildly athletic. When I put, 
one of my kids out on the basketball court, like I remember the coach taking me by the shoulders and saying, do you have any more of these? Like, yes, I do. Actually, I have three of these. Um, And when we were at the basketball banquet in middle school for um, (laughs) Amy and Bryce, the award, the coach that was giving the awards said these very words. He said, for those of you who don't believe in a God, these athletic kids came from those two parents and everyone in the room erupted with laughter because they knew what he meant. But here's the beautiful thing. Let me tell you about my husband is so organized. He is a doer. He gets things done. I would not get out the door or live without his input and help. He's often in the front of the house with the car running, waiting for me to, you know, yep, get ready to go. So not being athletic, we wanted to be a part of you know, the basketball career that was really, really important to our kids or the lacrosse, you know, that they did so many of the sports anyway. So he wasn't going to coach that. That wasn't in his wheelhouse, but he organized it. So he took over the organization of the volunteers. He took over getting the information out. And if any of you have kids in sports, can I just tell you how much you want a Tim Walker because he made sure that everybody knew where they were supposed to go, what time things were happening, like he was the source of information. And so those boys felt so loved by a man who didn't necessarily share the love of basketball. We got him some funny t-shirts. <laughs> I know they throw the ball in the basket. That's about it. Um, and he embodied who he was in those situations. So if you're, you know, listening and you feel like maybe your kids have some different interests or this is a stretch, I wasn't crafty. I know it was hard for me to be like, you know, making the crafts with the kids. I never got out, you know, a bunch of noodles and pasted them onto a piece of paper. <laughs> They're, the person that you are is the person that your kids need. Yeah. And so you can use your loves and skills and talents and apply them And your kids will see that and they will feel that love that you have for them, no matter how you're designed and no matter what you have to give, it's valuable and important in their lives. Even if it's not the same or it doesn't feel like that traditional, if you're not necessarily thinking of Fantabulous Fridays, ideas (laughs) every minute, um, you know, but you are organized, you're really good, you're a financial advisor, you're an accountant, you know, you're... Um, you know, for moms and dads, use those skills. They're going to come in handy. There are places where you can invest that into your kids' lives. And that's so awesome. And, you know, and, and as we close out today, I want to encourage people, um, you know, it may be that, that you are, uh, you know, present and, and have the ability, but maybe you think about those around you that you can step in. Like my husband, um, he coaches tennis in the neighborhood and in the community and, you know, and at school, he's, he's a head coach at the, at the school. And in, in that he is instilling some good stuff into the kids that he's coaching from a father's perspective, even though it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily his kids. So we can always step into those roles, be who we are. Um, but make sure today, that you go and, and let your husband or your father, the father of your kids know that, hey, they're doing an incredible job. And dads are not idiots. 
If you are listening to this episode the week that it comes out, know that Father's Day is less than two weeks away. We know things can get hectic. So this is a reminder that if there's a father or father figure in your life that you want to honor on that day, the countdown is on. We love taking your questions. Give us a call at 888-234-7979. Hi, I am Abby. I am wondering, my little one is uh, five weeks, five and a half weeks old. I am wondering, um, I think about how I wake her up every day from her nap uh, to eat. Once, you know, she, I wake her up, I feed her. She kind of struggles to get down for a nap. She's down for a nap for about an hour and a half um, after she struggles. And then I wake her up again and start the whole cycle all over again. Uh, well, my sleep is broken every night because I'm up to feed her, which is fine. But, you know, it makes me feel kind of horrible. My body is, you know, I'm exhausted. So how is that different when I'm waking her up all the time when she wants to sleep? How is it different from what's happening to me? Am I making her feel terrible? Am I not making her feel good? Is the only reason I'm doing this for my benefit? Or is is waking her up also good for her? Um, so that's my question. Thank you. I love that question, and and you've got a lot kind of boxed in there. So we'll try and see if we can't weed through some of that. Um, Waking them up during the day at five weeks of age, yes, you're waking her up during the day within that 15-minute grace period on either side of the times that we talk about because that is going to help get those longer stretches of sleep at night, like we say We want to make sure that the one or two long stretches of sleep are happening at night versus letting them sleep a three or four hour stretch during the day. Then we may not get those longer stretches at night. Now, at five weeks of age, Jennifer and I want to make sure that you are not waking her up. As long as she's healthy, gaining weight well, she can sleep as long as she wants to at night. And those daytime feedings, you were asking, is this also good for her? And the answer is yes. I would say two things. Number one, we want to make sure that whatever feeding method you use, that the feedings are not lasting too long and she's getting overstimulated or exhausted. So at five weeks, we should be right in that 20, no longer than 30 minute mark for feedings, either breast or bottle fed. Um, The bottle feedings tend to go a little bit faster than that at that age, and that's fine. So, um, you know, we would want to pair you with a personal consultant if you found that those were going long or if we had any issues as far as weight gain. Um, But the second part of that question, is it good for her? Yes. So we created our typical daily schedules on the basis of the natural and normal rhythms and patterns of feeding. And so what we want to do is we want to have a bulk feeding, digest, rest, reset, bulk feeding, digest, rest, reset. And what you're doing really is just kind of helping her get into that really natural rhythm. So it is good for her. And if you keep following the Moms on Call guidelines, then you will be getting more sleep before you know it. One thing to make sure of too Uh, is to make sure that when she's sleeping during the day, that she's sleeping well. So part of that is trying to create a pre-nap routine, doing the mom's on call swaddle, making sure you're using the right sound machine, and getting them tucked away in their crib, in their nursery, at least twice a day. You're almost there. You've got this. My name's Joyce, and I'm from Boston, and I have a five-month-old. I've been using... Mom's on call since he was two weeks, and he's been doing great. 
Kleber. He just got a cranial helmet, and um, we're having a really hard time re-sleep training him um, for naps while wearing the helmet, specifically when we switch to the four- to six-month schedule. Would love any advice. He's still sleeping all the way through the night, seven to seven, but he just can't seem to have a nap longer than 30 minutes or connect sleep cycles since we put the helmet on. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for calling in. Um, Yes, we have in 25 years of pediatric nursing, seen these helmets go in and out of what we call style, probably 10 times, Laura, you think? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But they never hurt anybody. They're great. They are going to get that head shaped just perfectly. But is it a nuisance as far as, you know, the day, half a nuisance and half you're kind of like, well, you know, as they move around and bump into stuff, they are protected. So that's always nice, especially when we get a little bit older and they're walking. In five months, we're not moving around a whole lot. Um, but yeah, what happens is when you have the nap time in 30 to 45 minutes, right in that window, they have the twilight sleep stage. So they kind of wake up a little bit. They're the closest they will ever be to that really alert state in the sleep cycle. So it's 30 to 45 minutes of REM, about 10 or 15 minutes of twilight. Then on most naps, there's another 30 to 45 minute REM cycle behind it. And I think just what happens is when he gets into that 30 to 45 minute, you know, spot and he kind of comes into twilight sleep, he's more conscious of the presence of this helmet. And that just kind of wakes him up a little bit. So it's okay to go in there, rub his back a little bit, try and keep things really low key for him. And, you know, if we need to take him out and move him to something else, a little bouncy seat, as long as we keep the stimulation really low, if he's dozing on and off for the rest of that nap, even in a different environment, if we have to, that's okay. But we really want to give him 10 to 15 minutes soothing, you know, every five minutes or so without picking him up if we can and see if we can get that other 30 to 45 minute stretch for two of those naps a day. And then the other two naps, those can just be cat naps. And so he can just be done with it. We keep all the other elements of the mom's on call schedule intact. And that's great because, and we want to make sure that he's able to move around easily because sometimes, you know, they're, they've got this head that is a weight. So it's a little bit harder for them to find that comfy spot. So really make sure that they're in footed pajamas, focus on two naps a day, is your focus trying to just really follow those mom's on call guidelines for those two naps uh, and give them some freedom. And usually they'll settle in within what for about four weeks or so at the most they're, they're settling right back in and getting used to that helmet. So uh, cannot wait to see pictures of that beautiful, gorgeous head. Hi there. My name is Brittany Sequora from Wilmington, North Carolina. And I have a little one who is three months old. And my biggest question right now would be, what do you do when your little one is taking cat naps? So waking up an hour early or so, and then afraid of their wake window being two plus hours between feeding playtime next nap time. So how do you entertain that hour gap of time before their next feeding? Thanks so much. 
Hey, Brittany, that is a great question. And we get this question on, uh, we often talk about what are the new buzzwords going around. So over the last couple of years, that that buzzword of wake windows uh, does cause some confusion and some chaos. Because if we go by wake windows, then every day is completely different. Um, And so there's no consistency to the routine from day to day to day. So the biggest thing that I want you to understand is with naps, they're going to sleep about 30 to 45 minutes, wake up and fuss 20 or 30 minutes, and then they may doze again for 20, 30 minutes. And that is just a normal nap sleep cycle. Your job is to provide a consistent routine and environment. Now, when they wake up quote unquote, early from the nap, as long as they're out of the swaddle, which she's three months old, so you should be pretty close to that, you can kind of let them work through those transitional sleep cycles. Um, And then once you're within 20, 20 to 30 minutes of that next feed time, scoop them up, do a little low key snuggle time. And a lot of times they'll kind of doze on and off again at that point. And remember that you have that 15 minute grace period on either side of the times that we talk about in our routines. And that allows you to kind of feed a little bit early if you need it to, or if they did go back to sleep, they can sleep right past 15 minutes past that feed time. Now, the big thing is to know If they did, let's say they didn't go back to sleep. They went down, they woke up at 30 to 45 minutes and didn't go back to sleep, which is always a possibility because you know what? Naps can just be funky. Um, If that happens during quote unquote what we call awake time slash play time, they can doze sometimes. So if you're, you know, doing some tummy time or some back time or they're sitting in the stroller and you guys are out for a walk and they're dozing, during what we call awake time, that's perfectly fine. That is still considered awake time. And some of the other things that we want to mention, first of all, you're doing a great job. Congratulations, three months in, and it is so much stage. Um, so one of the things that we do want to mention as far as the nap times are, if you do that window that Laura's talking about, where you maybe said 15 minutes earlier, 15 minutes later than what the schedule said, you don't recalculate the other times. So the other times still stay solid because these babies have this inner 24 hour clock and we're just kind of setting it and giving them this really predictable routine that just really gives them a great sense of security and gives you some predictability in your day. We always like to leave you with some good stuff. And you know what? Here at Moms on Call, we always remind you that your kids are strong, adaptable, and resilient. And so are you. And so here's some good stuff. This right here. Look, she wasn't on any social media shout outs. He didn't get the Teacher of the Year award. She didn't get recognized at the company party. But this is the good stuff. So this goes out to the Susies who will whip up a meal and drop it off in two seconds if she hears that that would be helpful. This goes out to the Mrs. Vaughns, the teachers who made sure that every kid felt included. This is for the Hamiltons who helps get kids better at basketball. And to the Miss Donna at Publix who makes you think that you are her only customer and wants to make sure you have everything you need for that meal. Or for the Allisons who coach swimming at their neighborhood YMCA and ensures that every kid knows that they can set goals, work hard, and reach them. And 
for the Bryces who sit down and ask their grandmother, what is their salvation story? You see, you may never hear these names. You may never hear your name in the way that you want to be celebrated. You may never be on the local news, which can sometimes probably be a good thing. That's right. Or <laughs> you may never go viral. But every day, we, all of us, have the chance to be a part of the good stuff. Whether anybody sees it or not, we know that you are a part of something, something incredibly good. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit momsoncall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey.